When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thursday morning, November 2nd, 2023. It's the Beating the Book podcast week number nine in the National Football League. It's Gil Alexander. Thanks for listening. What a season it has been. As we approach the halfway point of the NFL season, hard to believe. Uh, as baseball is now in the rear view as well. Hey, congratulations if you had a, a Texas Rangers futures play, by the way. Good on you. Um, but it's football, the real sport to handicap. We're all here, including the staples of the show, from uh, his uh, mom's cork attic in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's very excited because he's going to the Steelers game tonight. Um, shaved in the luxury box, baby. In the luxury box, Yinzers Steelers, two and a half point favorites at home tonight against the Titans. And Todd Wishnet will be there. How you doing, Dottie? You good? What's up, Gilly? I'm excited because Mario Cristobal games and Saquon Barkley fumbling inside the 10 have started to cease to exist. Todd is referring to some bad beats of his in the past. Will Hill joins us, uh, Bear Bets Podcast, college and pro football version, at not the Will Hill on Twitter. By the way, Todd Wishnev is a T Wishnev on Twitter. How you doing, Will? Boys, what's going on? Todd, I think, has a, a formal apology to issue after misrepresenting my teaser record last week. Yes, he has. got involved, but we got it straightened out, so yep. should be a fun week. Yeah. Todd? Teaser records were incorrect last week. Will Hill is actually now five and three, and my uh, faulty uh, recording one week had him would would have been at four and four. So I'm apologizing in public for messing that up. Well, I went ahead and then audited my teaser record just to make sure that it was correct, and it was in fact correct. You did get mine correct, week by week. So only one apology. And our rotating guest this week, who's kind enough to uh, join us. On the show again this year, he came on. Uh, he comes on annually now. I think we could say it's an annual appearance. He is a so. yeah, Veasan's own. He uh, he hosts a show called The Handle on the weekends here at Veasan with uh, Mike Samich. Uh, but he also does his own podcast called All Angles, which he does solo. It's our old primetime action co-host. It's Matt Brown. Everybody, how you doing, Matteo? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I mean, what a week for me to come on and. A week in which I could take this entire card and, and roll it up and put it on a missile and fire it into the sun and just blow it up. and ex- <laughs> like that, that was like really where I kind of want to be with, with this week on the card. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk to it. We're going to get something in the account. Here. It, I, I will say this, and for people who listen to Guessing Lines on Monday, this was a harder week to come up with multiple plays for sure. Well, Matt, Matt's going to let his team down because the guest record right now is 15, 8, and 1 wow. in number 
one spot. That's the first time the guest record has been number one in the Megapod since I've been doing it for many, many years. And uh, it's beating Gilly by a half a game at 15 and nine. So, Matt, the rest of the guests are going are counting on you to keep the streak going. <laughs> we'll do our best here. But it's, boy, a very, it's a very good It's point. a rough week. Just put it's pressure on them. Put pressure yeah. on them, Todd. I like that. So, wait, if they're 15, eight and one, what am I? Here are the records. Gilly Ice at 12 and 9 last week comes up with a very, 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 very undeserving 3 and 0 <laughs> when he gets the New York Giants to lose the game and oh, go 3 and 0. He moves to 15 and 9. Uh, his teaser pick one, he moves to 5 and 3. And teasers Willie with a 1 and 2 moves to 11 and 13. But don't fret, he can always make a comeback like I did last week, last year. And then I had a very solid two and one, which deserved to be a three and zero oh because of the Giants game. So I moved to twelve two and two, and have the lead at six and two in teasers. The guest, as I just said, fifteen eight and one, half a game lead over Gilly, and they are at five and three in teasers. Now, before we go any further, I am getting something in my ear. Oh, no. The Megapod News Network <laughs> oh, reporter John no. Smith is at the New York Giants facility to talk to Graham Gano, kicker, New York Giants. Uh, Mr. Gano, oh, is God. it true or is it not true you are working for Hashem in screwing Todd over and allowing Gilly to win when you missed a 35-yard field goal? Um, uh, um, uh, Mr. Smith, I'm I'm just struggling out here. I can't make a kick. I'm really sorry, baby. I'm really sorry. Anyways, back to you, Gil. In the is, is Graham Gano from the Deep South? What was that? I had to, I had to make him southern. <laughs> okay, because I just feel like if you keep missing kicks like that, there's something about did, you know too much humidity or something in the ball. Did you see a replay of that though? Ninety nine on the Jets. I think it's Will, uh, McDonald. I think it was the first round pick. He's about to block it, and Gano has to sort of swerve around the kick. The, the guy ninety nine got good penetration oh, really? over the offensive line. Yeah. I'll send it to you guys. I think it was going to get blocked if he kicked it straight. Okay, we have two. Well, how about Kayvon Thibodeau, who dropped the interception that cost me, along with Saquon Barkley, cost me my team total the week before, jumps off sides. How can you oh. jump off sides yeah. in that scenario? Well, that's what allowed the clock to stop on that final Jets oh. yeah, drive that got them in the field goal range to tie it up and force overtime. So we have two, two things to talk about real quick before we get into the show. One is... Uh, and I'll I'll agree, Todd, to move on from this because you alluded to it earlier that you came back and you beat me in in uh, the uh, Megapod handicapping contest last year. What ended up happening was because I had forgotten you beat me by a half a game, but the half game you beat me by was the Demar Hamlin game that I chose. So literally, I had one game less ultimately to handicap, and that's how you won. I asked Will and Matt. Is that kosher? If you tell me that's kosher, that sometimes life is not All you fair. All have to do is go to the con no, tell them the whole story. The Constitution of the Megapod states winning percentage stands regardless of amounts of picks and regardless of people having heart attacks on the field. Does not Thank state you. that. Now, does Will, not Matt. state that. It does state that. Matt and Will. I would just, it's a, it just has an asterisk. An asterisk. Okay. Just, yeah, it's got an asterisk. Yeah. I agree with that. You, you have an asterisk. Roger Maris. I'll be, I'll be okay. Roger Maris. I'm, I'm good with that. You have an asterisk. Will? Roger Maris. Will? Asterisk? Yeah. Asterisk is good with me. Okay. The other debate yeah. is this Giants-Jets thing, because we talked about this on text afterwards. Uh, should the Giants have kicked away, given how anemic their offense was? Remember, minus nine in passing yards was what they ended up with in this game. When they won the, fl the coin flip, 
should they have done the unorthodox and kicked away to begin that extra frame? Matt, what do you think? I would always, I mean, I get it. I, I think I would just always take the ball. I mean, I, I just, you know, I mean, you've, you break a fluke run. You would, I mean, you know, weird things happen. A blown coverage, you got defender falls over and then you like get an, you know, you get a free touchdown. I mean, I, I get where you're going with it, but it seems like it's probably at the end of the day, considering you could then in fact lose the game without ever possessing the ball. And it was your choice to never possess the ball. Yes then that's like that. I think that wouldn't go over to me. I am with you, Matt, actually, on this. I am actually with you. Will, you disagree. You think they should have kicked away? Yeah, I was looking at it from the perspective I had Giants team total under, and I was more nervous if the Giants were on defense with them scoring than on offense. Oh. I just think the only way for the Giants to win that game was you kick off, you get a three and out, you maybe you get a sack, and you, who knows, you get a punt return, a turnover, a short field, and then you only have to go 15 or 20 yards to get in field goal range. This wasn't a normal NFL game. That guy wasn't an NFL quarterback. I mean, you can talk about why he was on the roster. I think it's, you know, you could say that's organizational malpractice to have a guy on the team as I think your it backup is. quarterback yeah. where you don't trust him to throw a football. It's the NFL. It's not like, all right, last year, two guys got hurt in the same game. Like, how did he make the team? I mean, I was trying, I, I saw him come in the game. I was like, DeVito, that, that can't be the guy from Illinois or Syracuse. That that's guy was the terrible guy. at college. Yeah. And that's him. I mean, that was him. If you don't trust him to throw the ball, I, I don't know why he's on the team, but yeah, uh, they had five. I think they had seven rushing first downs, five first downs by penalty, the Giants, and zero passing first downs. It's just, it's not an NFL offense at that point. I think the better, um, the the better option is to put the ball in Zach Wilson's hand, and who knows, maybe you get a tip pass, maybe you get a short field, and uh, win it with your defense. They were probably in, in bad shape either way, but I would have kicked. Yeah, as it was, I mean, it, it took the Jets to convert a third and ten, right, on the ensuing drive to even continue. Right. Otherwise, it would have just been a punt fest back and forth. Todd, which way did you come down on that? Just curiously. I agree. With, I agree with you guys because, and yeah. and the only thing I'll say otherwise is that maybe a, a good play to run would be listen, wide receivers go for a hail mary, <laughs> and. It, Get in position to try to get a pass interference and also at the same time have another receiver coming over to make the tackle on the interception. So that way you get either a really super long punt or you get a pass interference yeah. and one way or the other you get something hopefully positive. That's what I that's the only thing I would say because obviously I think Danny DeVito could roll out and throw a ball 60 yards and then maybe you get a pass interference or maybe you get an interception, but it's the same thing. Could you imagine if it was actually Danny DeVito lining up behind center, rolling out? Practically, Danny DeVito. I'd love to see it. That would be great. Todd, any, this is why I say it was total robbery. Todd, any in-game before we move on from last week? Uh, yeah, I'd like to talk about some in-game. First of all, I'd like to say that I continue to believe that the attempts, if you have the ability to bet the attempts oh, in-game on quarterbacks. Yeah, it's working and out. And you can sniff out the situations where that team is going to be behind in the fourth quarter, you can really clean up because there's going to be endless five yard dink and dunk passes in the last two drives of a blowout for the team, whether they score the, whether they score the backdoor touchdown or not, they're going to get their five yard little chunkers and you're going to get eight to nine attempts by that quarterback. Who's just trying to come back. Now, the tricky part is how do you smell that, you know, out, early enough, right? Like Stafford, I got screwed with Stafford was maybe my best bet 
in the history of my betting. I smelled that the Rams were in deep, deep trouble. I bet the Stafford attempts very early at like over 34 and a half. He already had 19 at the half and they were still behind by a billion points and he gets injured. And if he wasn't injured, he would have ended up with at least 50 attempts in that game. It's impossible that it wouldn't have happened. So you want a team, especially a team that can move the ball a little bit is like the greatest kind of team because you know they're going to get first downs and they're going to, but even in a game where I got nothing, remember the Tampa Bay game, Tampa Bay got three and outed three times in the third quarter. And I thought the attempts was dead for, for uh, what's his name? Uh, the former Browns quarter Mayfield. Right. But meanwhile, I got 15 pass attempts on that ridiculous last drive, and I still won. So it's very hard to not win if that team is behind by a million. It's you know, about, it's about is, as good a bet consistently as you can get in the NFL. You just have to smell it out early, yeah. and you have to make sure that your team's behind by a lot. Todd, Todd, is it smell it out or sniff it out? I need a ruling on that. you got to well, stick with one of them. Sm- Smelling it out is like if it's a real strong one, but sniffing is like it's a little. Okay, just curious. I think you sniff it at first, and then as it becomes like as it manifests, then you're now smelling it. Like like you're kind of like oh like I'm oh I'm sniff, and then like oh now Uh, now full full odor, full odor. Yeah, gotta be clear on. But there's always one or two. There's always one or two or three NFL games where this is the scenario. True that. Okay, was that what you wanted to talk about? Or was there another one? Yeah, I, I just I think that's I think that's a okay. really right. uh, let's keep driving that one home because it's really good. All right, uh, before I would we... add, can I add one little yes. caveat to that? Yes, if you're please. Make that bet. Make sure your quarterback doesn't like break his thumb like ten minutes later, like Stafford did, and yeah. screwed us all on Sunday. That's but correct. Other than that, it is, yeah, it is a great. Point. Yeah, it's probably a good point. The big take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Okay, before we do our best bets, Thursday night football. By the way, as we're doing this, I'm seeing it go to three everywhere. Not, not everywhere, but almost everywhere. The two and a halfs are juiced heavily uh, in favor of the Stillers tonight hosting the Titans. Todd will be in attendance, but not close enough to actually heckle the players and actually affect the game. Uh, but Will Levis... going to be in the Yenzer luxury box in that. Will Levis, four touchdown passes last week. However... If you just look at it a little closer, two of those uh, DeAndre Hopkins had to, like, make an incredible catch on. One of them, he was well beyond the defense, uh, and so it was a wide-open play. The fourth touchdown pass to a, um, I was about to say, <laughs> Kiner Falefa, to uh, to Westbrook Akine. Akine, what's his name? Westbrook Akine. Nick Westbrook Akine. That was a great pass. But other than those four touchdown passes, by the way, Will Levis's stats against the Falcons, where he had a bye week to prepare, 15 of 25 for 81 with 3.2 yards per attempt and minus, minus 0.60 uh, expected points uh, added per play on late downs with 2 of 11 a success rate on those. You got two weak offenses tonight. You got two good defenses. The total is 37 along with the Raiders and the Giants, the lowest total on the board. Matt, do you have anything on this game tonight? Uh, I mean, you know, I typically have two or three different plays in these standalone games just for, you know, people who want, because everyone's going to bet them and, you know, want to kind of get some stuff out there. But honestly, this game is, is so bad from every single aspect. As you mentioned, the stuff with Will Levis last week, not only did you mention the, the, the touchdowns and the long passes to, to D hop, but one was like one of the most obvious offensive pass interferences that you will see ever. And it didn't get called like where he slings the defender out of the way and then makes the catch and then goes into the end zone. That counts as a touchdown as well. This would, this would for me kind of be the, the, a really great spot to try and fade this Titans team, except Kenny Pickett is decided on a short week oh. that he's going to play with injured ribs. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I mean, like he's not good to begin with. And then now I got to factor in this guy's got injured ribs into my handicap. And like, it just puts me in a, a very, very rough spot from trying to figure out how this could go. Cause now I think the range of outcomes, what I thought was fairly narrow has, has really widened. If it was Trubisky, I think this would be a great, great bet on the Steelers at two and a half, but can't get there. If anything, it would be an under look at 37, under the 37, because yeah, I, I think Will Levis kind of comes back down to earth. He's not going to get these massive splash plays. If you look at the Steelers defense, they're eighth in pressure rate in the in the NFL. They're fourth in blitz rate. So not only are they going to be coming, but they're going to be coming and they get home. So Levis is going to meet a lot of guys today. And I think that that could halt the scoring a little bit. And then on the other side, I just don't have any confidence in a broken Kenny Pickett to be able to lead this offense to a bunch of points either. So as low as the total is, probably under 37. Yeah. Uh, Will that's not one of your that's not one of your three best bets, no, right? It's Matt? Not. No, 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 no. So Will Levis goes from having a bye week to prepare to a short week on the road. And let me just ask you about the Kenny Pickett thing, Matt. Why? Because everything you're saying, right? Like I, you're you're right about the ribs. Why would the Steelers let him start? Isn't, I know. It, isn't it their choice in the end? 
Right. I, this him calling his own shots is so bizarre to me. Like, I don't I don't get like he hasn't to me earned. Yeah. Like, you know, like, hey, I'm playing. You yeah. know, it's like, no, 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 man, you're not playing. You're not. Like, playing. No, you're no, you're not. You've been you've been mediocre at best when you've been healthy. So, like, let's like keep right. you on the sideline when you're injured. I know if this were Trubisky, I would be all over the Steelers at two and a half. Like, I, I'd be all over. Mike but it's, it's it's not. So I can't do it. No, Mike make- Tomlin lives three blocks away. I can go ask him if you want. Why? He's <laughs> he does. You do live. He literally. Up. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I literally walk to his house. It's not that far away. Uh, knock on the that. door. Just yeah. and knock on the door and just say like, "Hey, hey, just what's go deal with picket. Just yeah. go. Why? Why? Uh, no Minka. By the Fitz- way, this is one of my picks. One of my three picks is this game. By the way, no Minka Fitzpatrick. By the way, for the Steelers tonight. What What do you like here, Todd? A total. I line. like that pick. You're giving me two and a half as the as the line, right? No, bro. I'm giving you three. It's three now. Oh, come there's, on. It's three. Seriously. There's there's a lot of juice two and a halfs out there right now. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then, okay. But yeah. I'm, I'm seeing offshore. I'm just seeing all threes. I mean, are, are we giving me an official two and a half? Because I can't make the call on my own bet. No, you can't. There's, Will, what there's are you There's two saying? and a half at DraftKings, FanDuel, Bet Rivers. Oh, right. Two and a half at Whatever. Yeah, it's pretty that's, that's, Two and a half. That's legit. Okay. That's legit. legit. If Matt says it's a, okay, here we go. So I'm taking the Pecksburg Yenzers at minus two and a half in that. Now, before I <laughs> give that. you reasons, before I give Yens the reasons why I'm going to do that, I will have to go back to the fact that we have not done the Miami Dolphins song in a, a long time. You're like, well, Todd, what does this have to do with the Miami Dolphins? I'll tell you what it has to do with the Miami Dolphins. The reason we started singing the Miami Dolphins song is because we originally sung the Houston Oilers song. And we thought they were the ones who started it back in the 70s with Earl Campbell and Dan Pastorini. So last week, your boy Will Levis puts on the Dan Pastorini oh, great. jersey. Great and I wanted to sing the song to those Oilers. So it's because you're Will Levis, Will Levis, you are not in round one. Oh, Will Levis, Will Levis, you will never be in round one. There you go. For people who love the song and I haven't sung it in a while. What do you think the percentage of this audience that just turns off the podcast at that point is? What do you think it is? There's a lot of Twitter people that get mad if I don't sing it. They they always go, Todd, why aren't you singing the song? 10%? 40%? What do you think it is? I, I don't know. Anyways, the point is, now I can give you why I'm taking the pick. I agree with a lot of what Matt's saying. And I'm going to say one more thing. Pittsburgh Steelers don't win football games because of the quarterback position in that. We win football games because we punt the ball and we play defense in that. And then we get like one like lucky score by that great uh, wide receiver we got from down in Georgia in that. And then we go in there and we win the ball game, 1917 or something like that. But this week we we got to cover the two and a half. So I'm thinking maybe uh, 1913 stores. Uh, I think the Steelers, this is a perfect spot for the Steelers. Tennessee's defense, by the way, is not good. Mr. Vrabel does not have the typical Tennessee defense. And here's why. Tyler Taylor Heineke came in and had two backdoor touchdowns in that game. Look at a lot of the other games. The Colts went up and down the field against Tennessee. Tons of teams are moving the ball on the Tennessee Titans. This is not your grandfather's Titans who run the ball and play great defense. They still try to run the ball, but they don't play great defense. And Will Levis is a fraud. I've already sung the song to prove that. He wasn't even around first-round draft pick. But he is not 
good enough to go into Pittsburgh in the freezing cold with me in the luxury box screaming, he's not getting it done, folks. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Stullers, minus two and a half. Free parking at the Rivers if you have the proper card. Thank you. All right. Our grandfather's Titans would be the Oilers, first of all. And secondly, you've talked way too much on this show so far. Can I just say that? I already Fe- I already pre- Fezzik, I Fezzik is logging the total number of words from everybody, and he's not happy. That and Fezzik can go suck it, okay? okay. Mr. <laughs> no fun. Will, you have anything in this game? One of my picks was going to be on the over like an hour or so ago as I'm getting ready here. It was like 35 and a half. I just like what Todd said, uh, Tennessee's not that good on defense. Even Pittsburgh, like Fitzpatrick's out, I think you can throw it on Pittsburgh. We saw Levis uh, at least throw it downfield and make some attempts like 35 and a half. It was uh, not that long ago. Like it's, it's hard to stay under. I, I, that's a, I know it's a low number, but like 20 to 17 goes over now at 37. It's a pass for me. Uh, don't want much to do. I would assume Pittsburgh would win, would need to see a little more from Levis, but um, pretty easy pass at this number. Did it really get down to 35 and a half? When did yeah, that happen? Quick. And it opened 37 and a half. And then I was like, man, I missed wow. 37 and a half. And then, it just kept going under, under. They must have gotten a, a couple of big pops on the over, which I can understand, like 35 and a half, 36. Those are, those are low numbers, and obviously 37 is a key number. All right, Matt. Uh, Matt Brown M2 is his uh, Twitter handle. You got the first best bet, sir. What do you like? Give me the Seattle Seahawks getting six. Um, it was getting all the way up to six was the, the buy point for me in this one on Seattle, I think going out and getting Leonard Williams is a pretty big get for them. He has 22 quarterback pressures on the year on a bad defense. And so now he moves over to a competent defense should be able to help out from that aspect for them. They've got the number one corner in the NFL and Witherspoon, according to pro football focus as well. So now you're getting a, a defense that can not only get a little bit of pressure on the, on the, uh, on the opposing quarterback but you're also getting some guys that can cover out there and, and listen I like the Ravens I, I think they're good I just think this number's too much at six if you look they had one really 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 impressive performance but outside of that the Ravens have been just good they haven't been elite and if you're going to give me nearly a touchdown I'm getting you know the third keyest number out there at six on a Seattle team that I think can also move the ball on the Ravens if you look this Seattle team I know Gino is a guy that we is always going to do the one or two things a game where we just shake our head and say, Gino, man, what, what are you doing? Like, why, why are we doing this? But outside of that, they've been really efficient. I mean, if their offensive EPA is eighth overall on the year, if you look on their pass offense, it's like 11th from an EPA standpoint, their success rate is fourth, which means they're playing ahead of schedule most of the time as, as you move along. And so you look at, at Baltimore's defense. And if there's anything that I think helps us out here is they're not getting any pressure on the quarterback. Gino, Looks like Gino when Gino gets pressured and, and Baltimore's 24th in the NFL and pressure rate right now. So he should be able to be okay. This offensive line's getting healthy for Seattle as well. And uh, once it hits six, that was uh, the buy point for me a little bit too much. And uh, I'll take the six with Seattle. Taking the six on the Seahawks early game at the Ravens. Uh, Devin Witherspoon, by the way, second shot in defensive rookie of the year. Jalen Carter remains the favorite at minus 125 for the Eagles. Witherspoon is plus 140. I kind of feel like he's the better bet. I don't know if I want to put my money on that because it's not enough bang for my buck, but plus 140 on Devin Witherspoon. I agree with you about Geno, by the way. I know that's your one caveat for the game. He just he just worries me with the Seahawks mm-hmm. team. Ravens, where do you have the Ravens in your power rankings, Matt, by the way? Yeah, so I've got them. I mean, I have them very high. The, the thing is, is I am pretty high on – I'm pretty high on – 
both of these teams, which is a little bit, you know, unfortunate for me, but I have, so it goes chiefs, Eagles, dolphins, Bengals, Ravens. So I have Ravens fifth, but I have, but I also have the Seahawks at seven. So I mean, you know, it's not that far behind. Uh, I was looking at, uh, I, I have the Seahawks in the top 10 as well, just because there's not an alternative uh, for me to put them in. Uh, Aaron Schatz, DVOA, his overall team DVOA, calling this up right now, it's taking its while. Mm-hmm. Baltimore 1, Seattle 10th. He's got Seattle in the top 10 as well. Just curious. By the way, Matt, I, I don't disagree with your pick, but you did say they only had the one win against Detroit. They also beat Cleveland 28-3. Now, granted, it was DTR playing quarterback, and they also beat Houston 25-9, which both look like better. You know, Houston's a little bit better than probably people thought. So I wouldn't say that Baltimore's only had one win. Now, with that said, I like your pick. I'm just stating something. Yeah, I mean, it's it, – I mean, Houston's defense is a bottom three defense in the NFL. And it's, you know, if you look, like you said, I mean, the Browns with DTR out there, I I would say any team in the NFL could have beat them that day. Like quite literally any, any, yeah, like any team in the NFL could have beaten them that day. Yeah. That's a hundred percent fair. Boy, Pat McAfee loves Lombardi. Is he on every day with Pat McAfee? What's the deal? (laughs) It's everywhere. Um, All right. uh, Todd, what is your, well, no, Todd, you're the game one. Will, Will, Will Hill. Give me the Bengals, what, one, one and a half, mostly one and a half here. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I'm surprised. You know, I was worried this line would get up to like three, and it obviously wouldn't like it as much. But at one and a half, this is a play. I just think don't think Buffalo's healthy. I don't know that Allen's healthy. He's been in and out of practice all week. Their defense is all beat up. And this might just be a, ma- a bad matchup for the Bills. I remember last year in the playoffs, since he went in there, all sorts of offensive line issues, since he was like a five-point underdog, since he dominated, they dominated that game from start to finish, won by, I think, like 17 points, and it honestly could have been more. And if you remember the Hamlin game, um, people think about that game, and they obviously think of Hamlin and what happened with with that. But uh, since he was dominating that game through a quarter, I think they were up seven driving, like minus 200 on the money line, something like that, in a game where since he was the underdog. So I think Buffalo's beat up. I think since he's getting right, I will take the Bengals here minus the point and a half. Is it point and a half or is it two, Todd? What are you saying? I see a lot of twos, but, I mean, can you state a lot of – do you have a lot of one and a halfs there, Will, that we don't see? Just looking at one of these apps, Bet Rivers about one and a half down at the Rivers app. MGM's one and a half. All right, okay, we'll give you we'll give you we'll give you the one and a half. All right, it was one. It was actually one when we started this podcast because this is also one of mine, and so like it it's it's actually gotten bet since we've been since we've been going for about twenty minutes here. So this is my first one as well uh, on guessing <laughs> on guessing lines. Uh-oh. It was the you line. You guys are all going down. <laughs> this is gonna be bad. On guessing lines, it was the line that I thought was the most off. I guessed four on this uh, for the Bengals. By the way, guessing lines has been gold this year in terms of first reactions. I like the Bengals for all the reasons that Will states. I also sort of put the the Bengals in this. You know, when I talk about the uh, the Dolphins and the Cowboys and to some extent the Lions, they're what Dr. Bob refers to as bullies, right? They, they beat up on the teams that are clearly worse than them talent-wise, but then when someone their own size picks on them, it doesn't go quite as well. The Bengals, whatever the name is for the opposite of that, that's what the Bengals are. They always show up against competition, always under Joe Burrow, uh, with the exception of the first few games of every season. So the Bengals, to me, were, are clearly the play. And 
I've got them, like, once you saw that game last week, like, if you had any doubts about the Bengals, which I did, right, because I was like, even when they beat Arizona by 14, it was super tight late in the third quarter, and Dobbs didn't convert a fourth and one, and if they had, that game could have gone differently. So I had my doubts about them. But, man, once you saw that game last week at San Francisco, it all those old Bengals feelings came rushing back. I know there's some people out there like, oh, it's the Bills are as a dog. It's a different story when they're a dog. Yeah, I'll take the Bengals. Thank you very much. That's my first play of the week as well. Bengals. Yeah, that's the I'm, I'm on it as well, guys. I mean, it's just for me, it's the first bet I put in my account this week. If you look, I it, it, the reason we thought so highly of Cincinnati heading into the season was for what we saw last week. And we didn't get what we thought heading into this year right. because of the injury to Joe Burrow. And then now we get that by they got the most they got the most fortunate bye week situation of any team in the NFL. They needed it more than anybody because not only was Burrow hurt, you had T Higgins that was hurt as well. And for whatever reason, Lou Anarumo and that defense had not really figured things out. And Lou Anarumo and that defense was awesome last year. And man, that bye week comes Burrow looks like Burrow again. T Higgins is healthy. That defense, by the way, which we didn't really talk about because everyone wants to talk about how awesome Burrow looked. The defense was back yeah. again, confusing Purdy all over the place, giving them weird looks and all that. If you go back and you rewatch that game, they did some really cool stuff uh, against Purdy. And it might just be because it was Purdy and, and his lack of experience and stuff. But I think they're going to be able to, I think Luana Rumo went to the lab and, and came back out with some good stuff after that as well. And this was a team that was a Super Bowl fate, like literally one of the top three Super Bowl favorites entering the season. And then we just kind of forgot about them because their quarterback got hurt. And now they're back. And this is the team that we thought that they were going to be all along anyway. And so for me, same deal guys, like this was at one, one and a half two, whatever, anything under a field goal. I I'm, I'm perfectly fine with Cincinnati here. Yeah. I, one I, more. Th- oh, go ahead. I'm I was just going to jump in like yeah. one more thing. I, I meant to mention my handicap. McDermott's going to kill him at some point. It's done him in the past. He gets so tight, so conservative. Last yes, I mean, he, he just played with their food. Like last week against the Bucs, they drive him past midfield. It's like, all right, we'll run it. We'll run it. We'll punt. It's like you have the ultimate weapon in Allen. He's just so conservative. I thought that Kansas City game a couple years ago, there was a couple fourth and ones where they punted. Uh, he's a very conservative coach by nature. I think that's going to come back to bite him at some point. So I don't like that. My, my biggest here. concern with the Bills coming into this season was the fact that they didn't address a second playmaker, right? And then they got away with it for a little while. And I think these teams now are just like, Steph Diggs is not going to beat us. Like, like it's not going to happen. You could beat us with Gabe Davis, and you go beat us with Dalton Kincaid and whatever. That's fine. Steph Diggs isn't going to beat us. And I think that that's starting to show up a lot here, too, with this Bills team. Yeah, and that Bills team also, when you, when you go to analytics sites, they still have the Bills rated really high. And I'm not saying they're not one of the best, <clears throat> pardon me, like eight <clears throat> eight teams in the league. Gee, I can't speak. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Um, but they like have them like third or fourth, and there's so much, so, so much of their priors is still involved in that. And I'm just like, like you said, Matt, there was that three-game stretch where they crushed three teams. But who were those three teams? Well, Las Vegas and Washington were two of them. Then they, de- they did beat Miami handily. That's like their one really good game. Other than that... Like, even when they beat the Giants and the Bucks, they're barely getting by this last month. They played a month of horrible football. So, um, yeah, for all those reasons, Cincinnati. And I do really stand by that thing. Whatever the opposite of a bully is, that's them. They, it's just amazing how they always rise to the occasion. Um, we're going to snake. Can I do number two? Go. Yeah. Yeah, Matt, by the way, that was Matt's number two, but we, we just went out of order. But your no, 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 but when it's the same pick, you can jump in. It's no problem. That's, I didn't uh, say there was a problem. I was just stating. Well, if you, knew, if you knew the Megapod Constitution and its statutes, you would know that that's allowed. 
um, on a week where there isn't much, I'm going to take the Washington com commodes. Plus three, is it now? No longer three and a half? I have it in my yeah, we lost You lost that, like, just recently. That's yeah. unfortunate for you. Yeah, I, yeah, that I was, have it three and a half. there this morning. Yeah, I have yeah. three and a half in my betting account, but I'll take the three here on the show just because when Washington at the trade deadline got rid of Montez Sweat and Chase Young, which, by the way, for those of us who grew up on this team, is pretty fascinating because they devoted all their money to Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne in the middle of that defensive line. They were going to have to make a choice between Sweat and and uh, Chase Young. And in the end, they did, at the end of this season, who they were going to pay long-term. And in the end, I guess the Bears' offer of a of a second-round pick, which from the Bears is really like a top-40 pick. It's like a late first, in other words. For Montez Sweat was too much to pass up. I don't know why they got – at that point, I was like, oh, they're keeping Chase Young. I would have preferred a second-round pick for Chase Young. Instead, they get a third, one of the uh, 49ers' compensatory picks. But the point of all that is to say – even in getting rid of those two guys, this line should not have moved from two and a half to three and a half. Should not have moved through the three. Nor do I think it should have moved at all. Because even with those two guys, this team was terrible on defense. Terrible. Uh, they were, and I'll give you the exact numbers, what they are just in the, uh, <clears throat> the conventional stats. They're 31st in scoring defense and 29th in yards per game. That's not good. They're giving up 38 to the, uh, to the Eagles. Um, and if those rankings, by the way, the 31st and 29th that I just talked about, if those continue, it would be the worst defensive showing in franchise history. History. So, I don't know. In this league where so much of it is Plinko, I'll take, I, in the betting account, I got three and a half. But I'll take the three here on Washington. I think they keep it close. I think Sam Howell, God, if they could just give him some protection, which is where they're going to like reallocate their assets now in the future to uh, actually get an offensive lineman for him. But I, I'll, I'll take Washington plus three here. I have no confidence in the Patriots being able to roll them, let's say. Are you, are you concerned about Richie Pettibone's defense? Never concerned about Richie Pettibone's defense. Never. Uh, but uh, this defense, massively so. But still, uh, again, in a, in a league where I think, you know, flip a coin with these two teams, give me the three. Will's turn. The market seems to love the Miami Dolphins. I don't. I will lay the one, one and a half. What are we seeing with the Chiefs? One or one and a half? I'm seeing a little of both. I see a lot of one and a halves. In Germany. One and a half is fine for me. KC. I think. What's that, Todd? KC minus one and a half, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, you, If you pressure Tua, he's a different player. I think Spagnuolo is one of the better defensive coordinators. Chiefs are much improved on defense. It's legitimately a, a good defense, top five in DVOA. And if you pressure Tua and he makes a mistake, that could be the difference in this game. It should be a fun game. It should be a great game. I just think with the Chiefs and Mahomes, like when you're laying a big number, they just have no appetite, no interest to cover that. But Mahomes is a dog whenever you can get it. Mahomes under a field goal. Like to me, it's just sort of automatic take here. I can throw out last week's game, five turnovers. Mahomes was sick. Uh, this is a good buy-low spot. I like the Chiefs here to win this game. Does the travel schedule bother you? The Dolphins went first? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It reminds me what you just said, Will, uh, about an in-game thing. I loved the Broncos last week. In fact, on um, on a Megapod called the Megapod, uh, I actually said KC was the most uh, likely favorite to lose. And uh, Dr. Bob said he liked my pick as well. And then, in fact, the uh, Chiefs did, did go ahead and lay an egg like they were due for. And I, like an idiot, took the Chiefs at minus 130 on the money line when they were behind, even though I knew this was not the week to mess around with that. So 
there's other games. There's other games. You don't have to go against your original thought. So I'm just talking to myself here, but you know that was a bad play by me. Well, you're a very dumb I, human being. That's what I mean. That's what it comes down to. I agree with that. Live betting thought. Um, I, I texted this out in the group chat. You could see early on. Sometimes it's a cousin of Todd's quarterback attempts. You can see early on a game plan where hey, they don't trust the quarterback. They just want to run the ball. Casey's been a little vulnerable against the run. I sent out to you guys. Hey, Javante Williams. I think it was over 15 and a half carries. He ended up getting into 20. Sometimes. Uh, you know, we talk about a team behind the quarterback attempts over is a good one. If a team has a lead and you can tell, hey, they're going to be run heavy, uh, picking out a running back, their primary running back for over attempts is a good one, too, I think. How about the fact yeah, that unless it's the Chargers, unless it's the Chargers. <laughs> yeah. Go, go ahead, Matt. Your... Matt, what were you saying? Yeah, just uh, I was just going to uh, a little bit of commentary on this game just because it is such a popular game this week. I've I've talked myself into both sides, which has then led me to, to a pass on this thing. Like it's. It, like so the chiefs let you do as as will just said like the chiefs let you do what is the most inefficient thing in the nfl which is to run the ball but you have a miami team that is literally the best at running the ball in the nfl i like, they, they're number one rush offense epa they are the number two rush offense and success rate they are the number three uh, the number one rush offense dvoa like they do it better than anybody and if you look at kansas city they're 31st rush offense against success rate. They're 31st rush defense EPA against. And so th I, I think there is at least a difference whenever you're talking about, yeah, they'll let you do the inefficient thing. They'll let you run on them. But when you're going against a team that does it so incredibly well, that does give me pause in this one. I thought I was going to be on Miami. Then I thought I was going to be on KC when this number got down to one. And now at this point, I just think I'm going to sit back and watch what I hope to be an awesome game. I think the stadium's like a retractable roof, so I don't think you have to worry about weather or anything like that. So I, if it does happen to be rainy or cold or something, I think that they can close the roof. So we don't have to like handicap what the weather's going to be like in Germany this type of year, but this time of year. But it's just a it's a very interesting deal, a like super, super strength versus a weakness. And how will that all play out when it's all said and done? But isn't that also, Matt, because they throw the ball so well that everybody has to play like dime and coverage against their receivers all the time? Like sometimes I feel like those stats are a little misleading. Like maybe the Dolphins aren't – they are obviously good on run, but that it's it's because the other team's forced to play them that way, no? Well, I mean, it, it, so you're getting kind of a little bit of everything whenever you're talking about EPA and you're talking about success rate and you're talking about DVOAs because they're all formulated differently and all three of them have them as like either one or two – in the NFL, right? Obviously success rate is just getting a certain amount of yards on a certain down whenever you run it like that at that point, expected points added obviously is, is are you doing something that adds expected points to your, to your offense whenever you are going? And then DVOA obviously is the formula that, that shots in them have. So, I mean, it, it's, they're all coming up with the same thing here, right? And which is so, even though they look at it completely differently. So uh, to me, I think it's legit. And I, I think it's a product I'm not, of, of the game. I'm not saying it's not legit. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not yeah. legit. I'm just saying, what's the reasoning why it's legit? Is it because they just line up and try to push you over? No, I think it's the reason it's legit is because the other team has to put so much emphasis on stopping these crazy wide receivers that the run game becomes ridiculously wide open. And does that feed into how Kansas City plays defense? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I'm just throwing yeah, it I out mean, there. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, look, that could be that that could certainly play into it. I think McDaniel scheming is just is is just ridiculous. Like, Brilliant. I think this guy's play calling. Brilliant. Yeah, 
when he calls the plays, when to do the things, I, I just think he's a, a level above kind of everybody right now. And that includes Andy Reid. That includes all these other guys that are offensive geniuses. Like, I think this guy just knows these teams, his team very, very, very well. Um, that being said, like I said, that's a lot of words for me to say I'm passing on a game, but like, it's just like, it, that's why though, just the reasoning as to why is I, I, I can't get a, a grasp on where, you know, the, the strength and the weakness are finally going to break. Yeah, I, I. by the way, I'm just going to jump in. I'm on the Chiefs, too, as my third. It, and this is, if there ever was a week where the reason that's my third is because I just can't come up with a fourth. Mm-hmm. I just can't. Like, there's so many of these games where I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea. And until I see otherwise with the Dolphins, until I see them beating somebody, um, I mean, they have earlier in the year, right? They had two road wins earlier in the year. But I just feel like they're the... Uh, they're the ultimate bully, by the way. Those two, uh, those two games that they won <clears throat> on the road earlier in the year were the Chargers in New England, which at the time <clears throat> we thought was a great wins, but not really in retrospect. So I'll take the Chiefs. I don't think Patrick Mahomes will have two bad games in a row. Um, so I'll swallow hard. I don't like the travel because the Dolphins went earlier, but I'll take the Chiefs here. By the way, 6.30 a.m. Pacific, Matt. This is the best game of the week. Do you think you'll be up for it? Oh, I'm yeah. I I get up for even the bad ones. I mean, you know, it just kind of is what it is. But yeah, it's it's um, yeah. It it, listen at the end of the day, y'all's bets. If you're taking Mahomes at basically a pick, you're never really getting it in bad, right? Right. You're never like really getting it in bad. Like it's it's like there's always your your handicap alone. Like the handicap alone, you could come in like I'm taking the Chiefs because it's less than a field goal. Move on. You know, I mean, like there there it is. Like that could be the handicap. It's just about every game. Matt makes a great point about you're never getting it in bad. And if we're talking about the Chiefs, we're probably really talking about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift not getting it in bad. Oh, terrible. Just terrible. <laughs> that's, about you, that's about your worst one this whole time. <laughs> As t- hey, you can't knock every ball out of the park. Sometimes you're going <laughs> to hit grounders. I'm sorry. Mm, all right. Uh, so, wait, I've done all three. Matt has – who's next? Matt has – Matt has two. Willie has two. I have one. Oh, so, so you go. You go. Yeah. I am going to go with something that I like to do, which is that it's not in the models, so to speak. And me and Gilly were right on this a couple of years ago with a man named Ryan Fitzpatrick when everybody, um, you know, the Dolphins had lost like every single game and they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick as the backup. And me and Gilly were in Vegas that time and we were looking at each other. Ryan Fitzpatrick's not that bad. And then he reeled off like a million line wins in a row. And this sometimes, if you have that back history of, of guys, can lead to some good stuff because the models won't reflect it. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about Mr. Washington Redskin Commander, Tyler Taylor Henneke. Mr. Henneke is a gigundous upgrade from one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen for the University of Cincinnati, and that is Mr. Desmond Ritter, okay? This guy was moving the ball up and down the field, and I was like, Where was this from the Falcons the whole season? I'll tell you where it was. It was in Desmond Ritter rolling back, can't read the defense, throw it to the wrong side, had takeoff and run. The guy is no good. Taylor Heineke, he may not be great, 
but he's a competent quarterback. Gilly, I'm sure you were quite happy with him for those couple years there where he gave you a little, a little, you know, run up your leg or something there because you took him to the playoffs, you know, or something. But he did something for you. He's not that bad. And now with some talent around, Atlanta has some talent at receiver and at running back. They've got some talented players. I think Mr. Henneke is going to be able, is going to be a gigantic upgrade. And the models will not show it. Now, granted, Atlanta's, what do you have, minus four and a half? Yeah. Is that what you have? Yeah. Okay. Atlanta, I get Atlanta minus four and a half going against a team that is either playing a guy, Dobbs, right? Or they're playing some other guy, Joe Webb, or I don't even know who the hell they're playing. Just some absolute garbage they're going to play. And so you're telling me Atlanta at home after getting smacked last week in Tennessee, and I have a real quarterback? No, I'm not saying Taylor Heineke. Don't start screaming at me. Taylor Heineke is, is, is not the greatest quarterback. I, mean, I didn't say he was the greatest. I said he's a gigantic upgrade from Ritter. So give me Atlanta minus the four and a half. Watch Taylor Heineke. Just drive him down the field and get your money. Thank you. Jaron Hall starting for the Vikings. And Taylor Heineke's arc is always the same, which is he comes in. He gives you a great spark. Within about two or three games, you realize he has no arm and he can't get the ball more than 45 yards downfield. And then they'll go back to Desmond Ritter at that point. Um, but, yeah, he should be good here for the short term. Will, who's next? To, uh, Matt is next, right? Matt is next. Matt yes. is next. And just to uh, – as, as an interesting note here that pops up on the phone um, for bets that all three of us have, Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, said he's, quote, confident in what the medical team shared with me that Josh Allen will be ready to go Sunday night. Wow. Wow. So that's not uh yeah. that's not great. That's not great that's, for them. Good. That's not that's not great. So hey, I feel better. I feel even yeah. better about the bet right yeah. now. So all right. Confident with what the medical team has shared with me. <laughs> that's funny. I, I didn't even know the medical team had to, to had to share something <laughs> with you. Wait, yeah. did you hear this coming over the, the Twitter thread right now, Matt? Did you see that latest thing? What's it's that? a it's a it's a future radio call. Twenty seconds to play. Twenty three seventeen. Cincinnati Bengals up by six. The Bills inside the ten yard line at the eight yard line. Down by set six points. Josh Allen rolls out. The pressure's all over him. He gets away. He's rolling. He hit the pylon. Touchdown Bills. And the Bills cover it. And everyone goes home sad. It's like doing a podcast with an eight year old. Like you can't you can't stop it. It just happens. What's next, Matt? What do you got? Oh, man, it is. So, Gil, you said you couldn't find a fourth. It was hard for me to find a third. Yeah. And so I put the grossest bet in my account that I think I've ever made. Oh, I like this. And I took the eight and a half points with the Chicago Bears against (laughs) the New Orleans Saints this week. It's awesome. And this is everything to do with it is a 41 total for a reason because the saints can't score at, at, at will they can't score. They can't beat anybody by margin. And I get it. I know what we're getting with the bears. I know the whole Tyson Bajent thing. And I, I understand that he is below league replacement level. And I, I get all of that, but you're asking this saints team that has not been able to put together. has not been able to string together two drives, like two competent drives all season long. It's just, it is the same thing over and over and over again with the saints team. They look like a, a, a an actual NFL team for one drive. And then it's four punts in a row and it just keeps going like that. And so for me, they don't get any pressure on the quarterback, so at least we don't have to worry about that from the Bajent situation. We don't have to worry about him getting knocked down all over the place or having to be forced to throw under 
all kinds of duress. And so I'll take the eight and a half points strictly because New Orleans winning at margin just doesn't seem to be something they want to do very often. And I will go ahead and uh, hold the nose, plug it, and think that Chicago is at least is at least somewhat live to come backdoor me at least l- later on in this game. I don't hate it. I really don't. Like, and Derek Carr had to throw like the best passes of his life last week yeah. to to make that happen for the Saints. Um, it's as good as any. By the way, let me interject something before we get our final two picks from Todd and uh, and Will, because no one's mentioned this game yet. I'm, I'm curious if, if this will come up with you two guys. But the other marquee matchup of the of the week is the Cowboys and the Eagles, and we haven't touched on obviously Bills, Bengals, and and uh, Dolphins, Chiefs being the other two. It's funny on a numbers game this week we had three different people, and I don't I don't bring up the game and then they they respond to it. It's just okay. What are your best bets? And we had uh, Doctor Mister Eric. Was it Mister Doctor uh, Matt? Mister Doctor Mister Eric Eager. Doctor yes, Mister yes, Eric yes. Eager uh, from Sumer Sports. He loved the Cowboys. We have Drew Dinsick on Whale Capper from both the Deep Dive and. Uh, Bet the Edge podcast. Of course, both those guys have been on the Megapod this year already. He loved the Cowboys. And then we had Will Hill. Oh, Will. Will, you're here. Do you love the Cowboys? Is that your third? Cowboys plus three. I don't think the threes will be there by the time kickoff. I just think um, – I bet Hurts under rushing last week. I, I, th- I remember two weeks ago against the Dolphins, he had a knee brace on. And if you've got a bulky knee, that's not the pass rush you want to be going against with Parsons and all those guys who – basically just ruined and ended the Rams season last week, uh, destroying Stafford in that offensive line. I think the Eagles secondary can be exposed. I think Cowboys uh, will have the, you know, the weapons to get open here. I just, Philly's a weird team because they just destroyed Miami. But other than that, it's been kind of, they leave you lukewarm, even though you look up and Hey, they're seven and one. So you can only knock a team so much, but I'll take the three here. Um, I think this is closer to a coin toss game, brutal stretch for Philly coming up. So you know, if you do like Dallas here, maybe now's a good time to get in on Dallas division. But give me the three here with the Cowboys. Philly's next stretch of games to uh, to get at what you are just alluding to here. Um, and I'm taking forever to get to it. My apologies. While, while you look, you guys mentioned the Saints. I did bet the Saints minus 150 to make the playoffs and plus 140 to win the division. Their schedule is so easy, and it's just very hard to get to seven NFC teams. Now with Stafford hurt, Cousins hurt, you just... And you start to run out of teams with that. I mean, they have a good enough defense and good enough skill guys where I feel like they should get to nine wins and nine probably gets you in there. Jags are going to win the AFC South going away. Detroit's going to win the NFC North going away. You you really do think New Orleans is going to outpace? You're probably right. They probably will. I like Atlanta season win total under adjusted because I think nine and a half is too too high for them. Uh, here's the Philly stretch. Taylor Heineke, look out. Here's the Philly stretch. Home Dallas this week, then a bye. Then at KC, home Buffalo, home San Francisco, at Dallas, at Seattle. Oh, before fin- yeah. before finishing Giants twice at Arizona in the middle. I was I was screaming a couple of weeks ago that if you like Jalen Hurts and you believe in this team, like that was the time to get him for MVP because if if they make it through this stretch, he's going to be like minus 200 yeah. like, like for MVP. Like it's like, it's going to be ridiculous. Right. I mean, it's, it's a, the, the craziest stretch of games for them that you're, that you're ever going to see. I, I, I do have one pushback here because I think that there's something about this Dallas team that people, that, that, that is a bit of a misconception because everyone talks about the Dallas pass rush and, and also that like 
they're 21st in the NFL in pressure rate. And like, the thing is, is we, we have this, we have this thing in our brains that makes us think that they have this awesome pass rush because it's the same guy every same single guy. time. Yep. And yep. so it's like, we're always seeing Micah Parsons, but it's like, when it's not Micah Parsons, it's nobody. And so like, we think that, so we think yeah. that, 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 that they're always getting pressure because it's always Micah Parsons, but literally they're 21st in the NFL in pressure rate on quarterbacks. And so they're, they're, they're below league average right now when it comes to that. And so, and they blitz at the ninth highest rate. So which lets you know, like they're blitzing and, and not getting home when these blitzes actually. And so it's uh, it's an interesting deal because I, I, I was doing it for a while. And then when you like really dig in, you really, you, you start to realize like, Oh, it's just because it's the same dude every time. And we just feel like they're always getting home, but really it's, he's always getting home. But when he's not, uh, nobody else is. It's an interesting point. The reason I brought up the whole thing about the Cowboys and, and, Dinsick and eager. By the way, I wasn't doing some corny bit. I just remembered as I was doing it. Who's the third guy? Oh, yeah, it was Will. Um, I'm I'm not saying you guys are wrong. It might get home, and I get the whole thing in a coin flip game. You want to take the three points. I was just so surprised that all of you immediately went to that game because I've, I've, I've watched enough of these Philly-Dallas games where I'm like, oh, wow, that's a lot of conviction on a uh, – also, aren't you? Isn't it so Dallas to win a game by a million points one week, and then the next week bully. they show up with yeah. a gigantic booty in their pants? They do it over and yeah. over. They get the believers. Oh, Dak Prescott, he's the greatest guy. Dallas is amazing. The next week, a gigantic <laughs> load in their pants every single time. Gigantic, gigan, gigan. What's your gigundus or gigantic? What gigundus. A, a gigantic is bad. Gigundus, and forget it, you can't even clean that up. It's so bad. We have screens <laughs> where I'm doing it from the bar candidate at the D. This they, they have a breaking, you know, not breaking, but like a big cardinal. So Kyler Murray, he's fired up and ready to go. Why? Oh, why are they so pressed about playing him? Like what? Strange. They should not be. Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. They should not be. That's, I that think it'll be sure. Tune this week, though, right? We're not Tune. thinking it's Murray this week. No, it's Clayton yeah. Tune this week. Yeah. That's, that probably will not go well. You guys, you alluded to MVP. Uh, Todd, I don't know if you bet MVP. I know you I, – I, I'm not sure if you bet awards. You don't really – you haven't mentioned it. But these odds stink. I mean, you got four guys, five to one or shorter. Two is four to one. Hurts plus 450. Mahomes plus 450. Lamar's five to one plus yeah. 550 or whatever. I mean, how do you have four guys five to one or shorter? I think – you know what happened? Mahomes won this award in, in 2018, like 70 to one. And Lamar won it. I think the next year, like 60 to one, one, one of the guys might've been 80 to one. And, and, and these books are like, you know what? No more. We're not giving out huge numbers on these quarterbacks. We're just going to take our ball and go home. And we're just going to, we're going to shrink all the numbers. All these odds stink. I don't, I can't find one bet. I like here. Uh, so it's funny you bring that up. So the same people I just alluded to. So when I asked that this week, eager before I could finish the sentence, Josh Allen, clearly the MVP. When I asked Dinsick, Dinsick has gotten like, really, uh, he'll even admit this, like anybody who doesn't think Patrick Mahomes is the MVP is an idiot kind of vibe to him. Um, and then I, and, and, but they have so much conviction on different guys and I'm with you. It's like, I don't, we don't know. There's 50 voters, right? 50. That's it. And because it's one, two, three, four, five. Now they don't just pick one guy. Someone who I bet on, Tyreek Hill, I know, quarterback hasn't been, a non-quarterback hasn't been an MVP in five years, which bothers me tremendously that, that everybody's... Who was the guy? Who was the guy? Uh, I think Der- Derrick Henry, right? Wasn't it? Peterson won it that year. He almost broke the record in 2012. No, no, I'm ta- no this, was be- this was more recent than that. I think it was Derrick Henry, wasn't MVP? it? MVP? MVP, more recent than, Pe- than Peterson. Oh, I don't think so. Wait a minute, hold on. No, I think I'm right about this. 
Hold on. We're just talking about the most recent non-quarterback. Oh, no, you are right. You are 100% right. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was Adrian Peterson in 2012, so it has been longer. Oh, I got, I got that wrong. Okay, so... So 11 years since they had one? So, so it's been, yeah, so 11 straight years we have had... No, wow. ten, 10 straight years, basically, right? 10 straight years we've had a quarterback now win. And in most of those years, it was you could only pick one, right? That's why, like, remember when they said, oh, Russell Wilson has never got an MVP vote. That's because they only picked who their MVP was. They didn't go second through fifth place. Now they do second through fifth place. So, like, the vibe I got from Aaron Schatz was, because when I bring up Tyreek Hill or Christian McCaffrey, could it be? He's like, nope, quarterback by the analytics means that much more. It's a quarterback award. And I also got the vibe that now that they can do second through five, it makes it easier for them to put Tyreek third, right? Or... McCaffrey fifth throw and say, yeah, throw him a bone. Right. They get points, but they don't actually win it kind of thing. That would be worse for you, you're saying. What's that? That would be worse. That I think would it's be worse for you or better? Worse for me. Worse. Because I think right. if you That's only right. if you were stuck to one, then you'd have to make a decision. And, and, and in a weird year, Tyreek could win on a plurality, right? Um, so now forget it. Now forget it because they're gonna they're gonna default to that. So, but I'm with you, Will. Like I don't think there's a bet right now. I don't know how you feel, Matt, but I don't think there is one. Yeah, no. I mean, like I thought the bet, I thought the bet was two weeks ago when Hertz was still sitting nine to one, and like because mainly he can go win it. Like, he's the only guy of this group that can actually just go win it because that schedule is so ridiculous that if they navigate that schedule, there's going to be no choice but but to give it to. Him. Remember, he would have won it last year had he not gotten hurt on those last three games of the year. And then they had to, like, he was going away winning the award last year. And then, and then he got hurt and then it didn't go his way. I think the only other bet that you could throw into your account, and this is obvious, this is Gil's going to laugh because he thinks it's a Homer thing here, but like, honestly, Burrow at 20 to one. Oh, I is, said that this week too. I said, that's the probably like, the best bet. Yeah. Like, like, like Burrow at 20 to one is, is the one where you can go in and you're like, they're four and three. If they rattle off, I mean, they've won three in a row as it is already right now. If they beat the Bills this week, now you're going, now you're going like there's Texans, Steelers, Jags, Colts, Vikings, Steelers on the schedule. Like, them winning 10, 12 games in a row is is not out of the realm of possibility here at all. And then you have that win the MVP moment because it's on the road at the Chiefs in week 17. Right. And if they've won 10, 12 games in a row and then he goes and wins in Kansas City, game over there it's it'll be burrow so, so i mean i think at 20 to 1 there's at least a case to be made for him so i said that on a numbers game this week i said both of those things i think the best mvp vote is burrow 20 to 1 and when we did adjusted season win totals i said atlanta under nine and a half and cincinnati over was the, were the best bets on the board so I, i'm with you on all that that's probably the best bet right at this moment I don't would fade the heineke what's that <laughs> don't fade the heineke What's wrong with you, man? Seriously, what's You're wrong with you? Fade, just what's wrong with you? Don't fade the Heineke. I'm just telling you right now. Go is, ahead, do it. Do it at your own at your own risk. We should get a diagnosis on this for real. I get a third pick still, by the way. Everyone else has their picks. I still get a third pick. Okay, go ahead. What are you waiting for? And I'm going to tell you who the third pick is in a week where there is, as you say, slim pickings, and there's always slim pickings, but now it's a real slim pickings week, right? We're talking down to bread and water at this point, right? I'm going to go with a tried-and-true scenario. Now, I wouldn't be taking this game in a normal week, but because it's the 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 I, I like the over in in Colts games okay I'm I like to find the team that is the crappiest on offense 
and the crappiest on defense. And for some reason, there's always one of those teams in the National Football League that can just reel off over after over after over. A couple of years ago, I was on Tampa Bay over almost every week. The the Sharps were betting it under, and I was like, what are you guys doing? They ended the year like 14-2 and two over. Now, this week gives me a little pause because the Panthers aren't a good offensive team. That scares me, but they are at home, so maybe they can get me the points. The Colts are an, an absolute disaster on defense, and they are very good on offense, even with Minshew. They've got two premier running backs. Somehow, everyone knows they're going to run the ball, but they block it up good, and these Taylor and Moss are, are running for miles. But by the way, is Moss not the slowest running back you've ever seen? L last week, he comes out of the... He had like he looked like he could run for a touchdown, and all of a sudden, he's like walking, and these guys are like behind him. But anyways, that being said, every single week, these guys are gashing the opponents, and they have to know it's coming. It's not like Gardner Minshew was that great passing the ball. Every week they run the ball, and they run it well. So I think that the Colts are going to keep moving the football against the Carolina Panther weak-ass defense. And I think because the Colts' defense is so paltry, this might be the week that the Carolina Panthers can get you 17 to 20 points, and you can go up and over the 43-and-a-half. Is that what you guys have, 43-and-a-half? Uh, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. There's a 43. There's, there, there's, you're, there, there's one left. <laughs> there's one I'll left. take 44 because we don't usually right. do that. It has to be widely available. All I'll right. take 44 if that's the correct 40, number. 44 is the correct number. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So give me over 44 in Carolina for all the reasons I just said, because I just, you know, if in doubt, you bet the Colts over. Let's play NFL trivia for a second. Since we were just talking about MVP. Who won the MVP in the year 2002? Anyone? 2002. Wow. <laughs> Is this a Jerry trick question? Rice? Was it split? It just no. It's it's not split. It's just like I can't. I forgot that this guy won the MVP. I'll go Steve McNair. Steve Rich Gannon. Ooh, God. wow. All right, one last one. 1980. Who won the MVP? Oh. If I gave you, if I gave you the team. I'm curious if you could even come up with is it. it the kicker? Is that the year a kicker one? No, that's Mosley in 82, and how dare you? Okay. How wait, dare wait, you disparage that? Nine... Give us a second. 1980 yeah. would have been like it would have been like a Steelers would won the year before. 80 was the, the year that the Raiders beat Jim the Plunkett. Eagles. Jim Plunkett. No. Jim Plunkett. No. He played for the Wilbur Montgomery. He played for the Cleveland. Hey, Wilbur Montgomery is a good guess. He played for the Cleveland Browns. Oh, Mike Pruitt. No, Mike, not Mike Pruitt do it. Ryan Sipe. Ryan Sipe. Ryan Sipe won the MVP in 1980. I had no idea. It's crazy. No, was, Cleveland was very good that year. I think that's the year of the mistake by the lake, isn't it? Isn't that the, 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 the famous playoff game where they were they were driving and then the Raiders got him or something? Mike, and they, Mike they Davis called, picked off the ball in the end zone. Yeah, I think that's I think the, that year. Was the year. Yeah. Brian Sipe was the NFL MVP. I had no idea. Brian wow. Sipe had a couple good years there. Against the Steelers, you know, he he actually wasn't bad. Him to Ozzie Newsome. Yeah, what you were referring to, Will, is uh, Mark Mosley won it as a kicker in 1982 for the about-to-be Super Bowl champion Washington Redskins. He, uh, at that time, had the record for most consecutive field goals made. Straight-on kicker, single handlebar. I think it was like 27 in a row at that point. And uh, NFL MVP in a strike short near. Very justified. But that was opinion. that was when twenty-seven in a row meant something. That's when twenty-seven now, in a row meant something. 20, that's right. That's exactly 27 right. Twenty-seven in a row. Everyone makes twenty-seven, except Graham Gano. <laughs> except Graham Gano, who's a Southern man, apparently, Southern gentleman. Yeah. Uh, okay, 
This brings oh. us teaser of the Ryan week. Sipe. He was. Uh, he also competed in the 1961 Little League World Series. So Brian's, he's got dual sport athlete. Brian Sipe was in the Little League <laughs> yeah. World Series. Really? Dual sport athlete around here. Yeah. Wow. By the way, if Brian you look, Sipe was actually. He would never play nowadays. He was so small. He was like a little <laughs> teeny guy. You know he's uh, he's 74 years old. Brian Sipe. That's wow. how that's how old we are. 74 years old. Jeez. His career totals, 154 touchdowns, 149 interceptions. <laughs> Who backed up Brian Sight? How about this? You wanted, there, There's a good one. Who backed up Brian Sight? Uh, Mike Krucek? No. No, he was a Steelers backup. Paul McDonald, the left-hander Paul McDonald. He went to USC. He played for a co-national champion USC Trojans team, Paul McDonald. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Teaser of the week. By the way, there's been a lot of good teaser weeks. I don't love these teaser legs at all. What's your nope. What's your favorite two team teaser leg, Mateo? Yeah, I, it's a bad it's a bad teaser week. You're right. Uh, uh, give me the Browns down to two and the Panthers up to eight and a half, and that's just going to be <laughs> by look. Yeah, uh, it's it's like give me the if the Browns can't beat Clayton Tune. Yeah, in a, in a you know uh, uh, when they're at home with that defense, I'm asking them to win by field goal. I understand PJ Walker has been atrocious, but like the the defense has still played pretty good throughout the course of the year. If there's been any sort of hiccup in the defense, it's been that they've allowed kind of these big splash plays in the past game. But do we think Clayton Toon with Hollywood Brown and Mike Wilson and whatever's oh. going to be the people to exploit all this? Like I don't. So I'll take the Browns down to two and then the Panthers up to eight and a half, mainly because I, I, I think the door is always open against the Colts like this team, it, whether it be 
them not being able to score points on their own or the defense being able to be exploited. And, and honestly, I've seen some stuff from Bryce Young over the last few weeks that leads me to believe that maybe he's starting to kind of get it a little bit. It took him a little bit longer than CJ Stroud, but it seems like the speed has kind of been a little bit better with him now. And uh, they're running Mingo out there more like Mingo seems like uh, they're trying to move away from this. Like, let's just check down to Adam Thielen every single time. Like Mingo had a career high in snaps, career high in route runs last week. I think they're trying to figure out whether they have anything in him or not. He's obviously a much more explosive player for them too. So I think we can get some of that going. So keep them keeping it at home within eight and a half points against the Colts is my second leg of this thing. Dodd. I actually like the teaser week. I, I am actually the teaser leader at six and two. So, I mean, you know, put that in your pipe and smoke it. But uh, I will say this. Well, yeah, when you change I everybody's love, records down, that's, of course. That's happen. right. Sure. When you doctor everybody else's. How many how many uh, apologies do I need to make, Will? Don't get me on your bad side like I have, have. Gilly. Um, okay, so brownies. I'm going to take the Brownies because I heard not only is Clayton Toon starting this week, but a little known fact is Dana Holgerson will be calling the plays, uh, his former college coach. That's right. But yes, I mean, give me a break. The, the By the way, the Browns had the bad week of defense against the Colts. Then they gave up 14 points in the first four minutes of the Seattle game. But from that point on, the Browns defense was back to the Browns defense on the road. They should have won that game. Had Walker not thrown the interception down at the 11 in the first half, they would have won that game had Walker not thrown the interception at the end third and three they still probably would have won the game and it was because the defense kept shutting Seattle down on the road play after play after play after play that Browns defense is still good Mr. Toon is in big big trouble give me the um, Browns minus the two and I'm going to also go with the second pick being the Saints down to um Two and a half. What, what is it? We say the Saints were eight and a half. Is that right or no? Mostly eight and a half. I, yeah. Did I do that wrong? Yeah, eight and a half. Oh, yeah. maybe it moved. Yeah, eight and a half. Okay, yeah. So give me give me the Saints down to two and a half. Uh, Mr. Baguette was very nice in getting the attempts for me last week and getting the win for me against the uh, Raiders. But now you're on the road. And uh, come on, give me a break. Saints minus two and a half. Wilson? Same one. Saints, Browns, Badgett on the road, Clayton Toon on the road. I, I think by Sunday they're going to have so much teaser money, two-team teaser money, that they'll probably start to put in some nines here to get you off of that. And as we know, the teaser prices are not as good as they used to be. But, uh, yeah. Really? I hadn't Saints heard that. and Browns here. I hadn't heard that. Oh, yeah. Something, I mean, some of these 140 on a teaser, 150 on a teaser, just, it's hard to win that way is, when you're laying that Is there a teaser. show that I could tune into that talks about that at all? I'm just curious. A couple of the shows on VEASAN discuss it from time to time. <laughs> Okay, referring to Bill Krakenberger talking about it on an, a numbers game every Thursday. He loves that topic. It drives him crazy. I guess that's one hundred percent right too. It is frustrating. He is one hundred percent right. He's one hundred percent right. Uh, I got the Browns and the Saints too. I don't love it to be quite honest with you, but it is Clayton. Why tuned. do you love it? Because it's. Why don't you love? It? Because it's. I don't trust the Browns or the Saints to do anything. But by the way, this segues what? into the survival. At home, you don't trust the Browns' vaunted defense to shut that guy's in the mouth. I picked it, so obviously I trust it <laughs> enough, right? But I don't like love it, love it. I'm just saying I'm going with the anti Clayton Tune Tyson Bajent teaser, which also brings the survivor discussion. Which again, I got knocked out when the uh, Commodores lost to the Bears some weeks ago. But I did at that point. I had it mapped out and would have gotten were it not for that game to this point as well. I wouldn't have lost a second time yet. 
And this was the week at that time, so we're talking after week three when I scripted it, where it was a Saints-Browns week. And now the opposing quarterback is playing into those those picks as well. They're the two biggest spreads on the board. So it really did work out that way. So I do think it's a Browns-Saints because I don't think you get cute with anybody else. Like even the Falcons, I don't think you get cute with that. I think I think you end up. Who, who else are you? Who else are you supposed to pick? That's what I'm saying. Like I, I don't think you take the Ravens confidently. I already I would have already have picked the Ravens in mine. So to me, again, mapped out. It's a Brown slash Saints week. So anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah. I take the lead. I take the lead into the next week with the teasers already because I'm guaranteed to win. That's right. Or lose. Are you in Survivor still, man? No, you're out. No, I, I, I do the whole yeah everything on the same team right. thing. So yeah. yeah, all all down with the Jags. Yeah, way way early. What were you? What were that you? Said, what were you groaning? That about said, there? if I was, you know, it, like if I, it, it's it's a tough it's a tough one this week for sure from from a Survivor standpoint. I I wouldn't have had a couple of the teams left. Like I I'd probably have to play the Falcons this week actually. Wow. Um, if if I was if I was still in, I probably would have had to go that direction. But, um, yeah, uh, it's 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 not a great it's not a great week. I don't think you're clicking the button and feeling great about any of them. Nope. That's for sure. No, nope. Falcons would be a more optimal game theory play, but I wouldn't know. I don't trust it. I don't want to keep us too long, but I do think it's interesting. Why do we think injuries aside, because injuries isn't all of it. Why do we think the quarterback play is so poor is just so like, I, I, I don't get it. It seems like these kids are being trained at a younger age and there's all this quarterback talent at younger levels, but it's just not materializing the NFL. Do you guys have any theories? I, I have like a, it happens every year. year two, they say that every not single like year, though. Willie, don't they? Not like this. Really? Really? Okay. I'm not going to, what do you think? You'll, I don't have a theory for it. I just know that you're right. There's, you know, we've already said there's not 32 good quarterbacks, right? And it seems like every year, now especially exacerbated by Achilles injuries to Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins, now, like, if you go up and down this board, right, Just and I'm just going to do it on a glance. Tonight it's Levis against Pickett, all right? So far, <laughs> exactly. All right. Tua and Mahomes, okay. Then you have, two right, two for four. But then you have... Uh, Jaron Hall against Taylor Heineke. No, no. Two for six. You have Gino and Lamar. I'd say one for two. We'll give Gino, or so we give Gino a plus. Just be nice to Gino. We'll be nice to Gino. We'll be nice to Gino. All right. Four for eight. Then you have Clayton Toon and PJ Walker. Four for ten. Then you have, um, who's starting for the Rams again? Rippin. Somebody horrible. Rippin. Brett Rippon against Jordan Love. It's actually going to be Mark Rippon this week. Mark, Mark Rippon is going to play. <laughs> Mark <laughs> that That'd be great. He would be better. Uh, then you have Baker Mayfield against C.J. Stroud. What are we going to do with those two guys? I'll give one out of two with generous. I'm being very generous. All right. Five yeah. for 14. Okay. Then you do have Sam Howell against Mac Jones. What do you do with those two guys? Give one, maybe. Okay. Oh, I don't think you can even give one there. I'm, I'm trying to be really generous. Okay. Six for six. Okay. Then it's then it's Bajent against Carr. So we're going un, we're doing bad on those. Current six for version eight. of either one. Yeah, no. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, no. Then Over it's two. Minshew against Bryce. Six for 20. DJ, uh, Daniel Jones against Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Oh, O'Connell. Oh, oh, O'Connell. No O'Connell. Oh, no O'Connell. Pardon me. Daniel Jones six ain't no O'Connell. Six, six for 22. Okay. I mean, you're getting the idea, right? Okay. Then Keep it's going. Dak against Hurts. So we'll give them those two, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Mike, Eight All right. for 24. And Josh Allen and Burrow. We'll give them those two. Great. Yeah. And then like Her- Herbert like and Wilson six. is one for two. Herbert, Zach Wilson on Monday yeah. night. So what's the final score? So 11 for 28. And we were being nice about a Very couple of generous. those, right? So, I mean, that's. How what teams are off? Aren't there four teams? What are the four teams yeah, that are like off? Yeah, Golf is out. Who's? I'll give you the buys. Um, uh, the teams so that Goff are is good. The teams for that, 29. Hold on. The teams that are I'll out are. Sorry. Sorry. Yes, the Broncos, Lions, Jags, and Niners. Golf, Russ Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, and Brock Purdy. So three of the four? We'll give. Yeah, I'll give three out of four to be generous. Yeah. Okay, so it's fourteen out of thirty-two. Okay, and we're being generous on some of those. So really, there's like ten, eleven, twelve, somewhere in that pocket. Great or solidly competent, good, very good quarterbacks. How is that possible? How? What's at play? What? What is it about someone like? Let's just take the Dick. only thing. Yeah. No, the only uh, sorry, interrupt. The only thing I can think of is you had a lot of empty drafts. Like 2015, you have Winston and Mariota, one and two. Like those guys should be in their prime now. The next year, you had Goff and Wentz. Wentz is out of the league. Uh, there was the 2014 14 year Bridgewater, Manziel, Blake Bortles. So you have a good three, four year stretch here where you got a lot of busted quarterback. Where these guys would be taking the mantle from the Brady's, the Rogers. They'd be in your seven, eight, nine, you know, or whatever in, in their prime, mid prime or or whatever. Right. That just whiffed. But it doesn't. Adri- but it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't address the core of the question. Right. No, Which is. I yeah. Be, w- be- I, maybe because the play calling is different in college football where they but, do a lot of that so, run. But RPO stuff. So. So my. Yeah. So my. I, my theory is twofold. One of which is that I think college offenses cater the offenses to the skill set of the quarterback a lot more. And so. So, for example, let's take. Let's take Jaden Daniels at LSU, right? Like he's third in the Heisman. He's throwing all these cra- like crazy stats and all this like But like, he's not on anybody's even radar for the for quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Really? Like they they have catered. Really? They've is catered this. That? Yeah, like they what is he, catered. What is, he, what, is he, what is he projected as? Like third day. Like third day. Really? Yeah. Wow, I can't believe that. And because he, it, it's just it's like the offense is catered to his skill set right and like you look at the and 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 then on top of that i also think that and people yell at us about analytics and people yell at us about all this but like look there are dudes who are sitting every one of these teams has an analytics department and they would they sit and they just pick apart every every single play that a quarterback does and they know every single weakness every single tendency every single anything it's why like we see these backup quarterbacks come in in a game and they end up having like success. And then the very next week, like they just get brought back down to earth, like instantly. Right. Because we, the, the team did not analyze them at all. And so they come in, like they don't have any of the tendency there, whatever. And then the next week when they have a little bit of tape on them, it's game over. Right. And they just look like garbage again. They look like trash. And I think like these defenses are just so good at figuring out what you don't do well and forcing you into doing what you don't do well that it makes it tough on a lot of these guys, which is why we what we see with Mahomes and Burrow and Allen, all these guys that we do actually think are really good quarterbacks is is really and truly amazing because it's it, these dudes are doing stuff that they probably shouldn't be able to do today with 
defensive linemen that run four five at two hundred and eighty five pounds and like you know all the stuff like that. They probably shouldn't even be able to do it. You you said it. The flip side is Matt said it many times. Like Justin Herbert, who Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow have ruined all of this for everybody. Yes, because they came in and made it look easy in year one, and no one and and like we just assume everyone should do that, and like that's just not the way it works, you know. I, I know all the defenders are big and fast, but man, you can't touch anybody on, on offense. You can't touch the receivers. You can't hit people over the middle. You can't hit the quarterback high or late or low. Like, so there are some advantages with the offense that didn't used to be too. Like the middle of the field is wide open now where you can't, you can't hit the defenseless receiver. Like, I, I, just, I don't know. It's interesting. What about but it's, like, it's interesting what Matt said. Also, like you have a guy like Desmond Ritter, who was like a world beater in college. And I, I could tell right from the start, he's not going to make it. Yeah. It's almost like a Jay Daniels thing. Like, like what you're saying, a guy like Drake may looks like an NFL quarterback to me. Cause he's yeah. like a drop back guy. Who's going to read the, you know what I mean? He looks like an NFL quarterback. There's so many of these college quarterbacks that are successful because they use their feet and they, you know, they make the wide open plays, but th- there's really, I mean, where do you see that many just drop back and and sling at quarterbacks that look like NFL guys in college? You really don't. Even on the even on the best teams, like like that guy uh, for Notre Dame, Hartman. I you know, I mean, he's okay, but you know, is he gonna? I don't think he's gonna be so awesome in the NFL. I mean, who who are the big projected guys in quarterback for the NFL next year in the draft? Who are the top guys? Caleb Williams. Drake, Caleb Williams. Drake, Drake May. Penix. Who was the third Penix one? And who was Penix? Penix, Penix. Ewers. Ewers. who did you say? <clears throat> I didn't say anything. I was asking who the oh, third one was. The, Tex- the Texas quarterback, yours. Yours. Oh, I don't like him. I don't like him at all. I mean, I'm just I think who Penix. <clears throat> but like, let, let's go back to like the twenty. Well, but the twenty twenty one draft, because Matt, you and I, you were we were doing the draft show at Circa. That was supposed. That was like five quarterbacks drafted in the top eleven. Right. That was Trevor Lawrence at one, but then it was Zach Wilson two. Trey Lance three, Justin Fields eleven, oh, and Mac Jones fifteen. Pardon me, five in the top fifteen. And you could, at this point, you can look at that group and you'd be like, "Well, Trevor Lawrence, we don't know well, about the others." Five. What was is, there was one other guy you said it was decent. I mean, Justin Fields oh. and Mac Jones. Like, jury's still out, oh, right? Forget Mac Jones. Yeah, there, but yeah, Justin Fields maybe, maybe. And even Lawrence is underperformed. Like he's good, but he's not. I know a lot of people. Are, you know, best quarterback in a generation, best quarterback since I forget when people are throwing around Peyton Manning, or whatever. That like was he's good, but he's not like I don't know. He's not great. I don't think he's great. I would. Would you guys say Lawrence is a great quarterback? So to your point, not, like they've all yet. even sort of underachieved, even the good ones. And and some of that with this group is, <clears throat> I wonder how much of it is also the lack of or before the transfer portal was the lack of parity in college football, where you know Mac Jones is surrounded by nothing but five stars. Justin yeah. Fields is surrounded by nothing but five stars. And so then when you get him in, uh, that's not true of every Alabama quarterback, as we're seeing with Jalen Hurts, but, like, I mean, Trevor Lawrence went to Clemson, and he was surrounded by a lot of good players, too. But, like, there is some of that, too, where it's like, okay, how can you properly evaluate Mac Jones yeah. or Justin Fields when they're just crushing the JCC every week, right? Well, Josh Allen, Josh Allen at Wyoming – I mean, he looked good. I remember him at Wyoming, but nobody, nobody thought he was going to be. No, he was going to be like this. Nobody, nobody. And that's the other thing. So Dr. Bob used to say the only thing you can really accurately project from college to pro is accuracy. And Josh Allen didn't have any of that Mm. at all. So he kind of bucked the whole conventional wisdom, too. I don't know. I mean, 
it, I will say this. It's a new thing, and I remember when VEASAN first started, I started talking about it when, like, Aaron Rodgers was getting to 36 years old and Tom Brady was getting to 40, whatever. You were like, besides Russell Wilson, there was this massive gap in good quarterbacks from the very old. That didn't used to be the case when we were kids. It was always just a progression. And now it's just this wide thing where you're like, you, you th- this is the best it's been for young quarterbacks with Allen and Herbert and Burrow. But that's the list. And, like, and, and Gil, just to, to kind of put a to put a bow on this, like this draft coming up, because you know I'm like the yes. freak when it comes to each other. Like, it is going to be so interesting to see what teams value in quarterbacks because outside of Williams and May, it is it really does go all over the place for like what people how many who's going to be the third, who's going to be the fourth, how many go in the first round. I mean, I've seen first round mocks already that have Shador Sanders going in the first round. I've seen I've seen mocks that have JJ McCarthy going in the first round. I mean, like the in, in now you're talking that means Penix falls out. That means yours falls out. What about Jaden Dan? When does he go? What about Bo Nix, who's still out there? Riley Leonard was getting a bunch of buzz before he got hurt with Duke. I mean, there's just a bunch of different guys. It's it, to see how these teams are going to value all this stuff because Riley Leonard is your six foot four, 230 pound guy that you really, really love. But and Bo Nix is your big, big guy, but kind of mobile. And like, it's, it, I don't know. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to be wild to see what, what these like teams Bo do. Nix. You like Bo Nix, Matt? I like him. Isn't, isn't the biggest thing that we're forgetting also, <clears throat> pardon me. And maybe it's the, maybe it's the number one thing that we should have said. I always talk about Peyton Manning and people like disagree with me when I say this, but there's no way to prove it either way. I said Peyton Manning was drafted by Washington that had a different coordinator every year and a different coach. He would never have become Peyton Manning. That's my way of saying football is the most dependent sport on system and where you end up. Like if you're Michael but he Jordan, he still would have been good. He he, he, still would, he, been he good. would never have sucked probably, right? But because right. he has a pedigree, but he still would not have become the player he was, in my opinion. I can right. never prove it. You can't disprove it. But I'm saying, like if you're in basketball, if you're Michael Jordan, you're Michael Jordan. It doesn't matter where you end up. And in baseball, which is really a, a, an individual sport disguised as a team sport, if you can hit, you can hit. But like football, man, it depends. There's no telling if I'm just going to come up like Tua ended up in Miami. Justin Herbert and Justin Herbert would have been good anywhere. Um, but Burrow ended up in Cincinnati. What if Burrow ended up in, I don't know, pick a fucking team. Washington. What yes, Washington. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, you, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. It's interesting, though. We would have said Cincinnati is the one that is going to kill the quarterback because they were such a bad organization. But it's weird where he got there, but he also got there with a bunch of talent with Chase and yes. defense and a kicker and a defensive coordinator. So it's interesting. Yeah. All right. Final two questions, boys. Let's do it. Uh, big favorite, most likely to lose outright. I come to you from the future and uh, I tell you, hey, one of these teams lost. There's not a lot of choices this week, so we got to bring it down to like six-point favorites. Ravens, six-point favorites hosting the Seahawks. Browns, eight-point favorites hosting the Cardinals. Saints, nine-point favorites hosting the Chicago Bears. Those are your only three choices, period. So is it Ravens, Ravens, Browns, or Saints? Yeah, Ravens. Yeah, it'll be Ravens. Ravens? Will? Came to me from the future. I'd want to know how you got here, first of all. I mean, it's a little... No, it's another story. I can't Um, tell you. Yeah, that's a little strange. Yeah, it's got to be the Ravens, for sure. Uh, God, I want to say Cleveland, but okay. Yeah, it's the Ravens. Cleveland is not losing to Clayton. Not not to Clayton, too. They're not. Okay. Uh, Okay, and then the final question. Uh, There are 
28 teams, 14 games. You have to, you must play the side in 13 of the 14 games. But one game, you get a free pass on. You want no part of it whatsoever. Matt, what game is that? Chargers-Jets, very easy because of the line. Sitting right on the other side of the field goal at three and a half. You tell me the Chargers have to win on the road again at margin against the Jets defense. It's pretty good. And all this. I, I have no confidence in that coaching staff on the Chargers side of things that are like, fire that game into the sun as well. Like, I don't want anything to do with that game. It's interesting. So many choices this week. Dad. Mm. Uh, I don't, I don't want to play the Dolphins Chiefs game. I just think it's, I don't know. I mean, I think, is it going to be the same old Dolphins where they can't play well against a good team or just maybe something in the back of my mind is saying maybe this is the week Miami plays well against a good team. So I don't, I don't want to play that one. Well, uh, Giants Raiders Rams Packers for me. I was, that was my other one. I was tossed. I was torn between those two. Yeah. Yeah. Rams Packers. Like let's go now. I should play the Rams. I should play the Rams in that game and I can't do it, but I should, I should play the Rams. The Packers are stink. They, like the Packers are the suck. stink. Yeah. yeah they yeah. suck. Stafford bad. is I, definitely I, out or probably out. What, 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 what do we know? It's, like the line sure? looks like it's out. The line yeah. makes yeah, it, it look like. Out. Yeah. It's, it's going to be ripping. Um, but even it, it even, but it's on the other side of a field goal. Like I, I should play the Rams. I don't know. I, I, I should play the Rams. Maybe I will. How about Wolf? I, this ha- is the. How about Wolford go got an offer to join the Rams? John Wolford, who used to play for the Rams, remember he started that that playoff <laughs> yeah. game. He won a game, and he's on he won a game, and he's on the Tampa Bay practice squad, or at least he was at the moment. And he's like, Nah, I'm good over here. Yeah. Uh, How about no that? <laughs> That's awesome. By the way, what happened to Stetson Bennett? Wasn't he on the roster? What happened? He's to hurt that? too. He's hurt too. Okay. Listen, all I know is for people who have Puka Nakua Rookie of the Year tickets like I do, getting Stafford out of there is the greatest thing that's ever happened. I know people are like, oh, he'll never win it now without Stafford. Are you kidding me? He's been feeding his boyfriend, Cooper Cup, for five weeks. Stop it. This is my favorite Gil rant. Anytime you start doing, you oh, go on these little rants. I turn God. the volume up on my phone. I, I just love how mad you get. I just, it's, do you I, I watch? I just love it. It's like it's like I I didn't know they did a podcast together and that they were like boyfriend and girlfriend. I didn't know this, but like he'll throw it to come. So there's a pick six. Maybe you should go to Puka Nakua, who's wide fucking open all day long. <laughs> you uh. you know what it reminds me of the Seinfeld where George is. They think he's obsessed with the guy Lloyd Braun, and he tries to convince everybody he's not, and then everything comes back to Lloyd Braun. <laughs> That's kind of what you say. It's Lloyd Braun. <laughs> Lloyd Braun is selling computers. It's amazing. Oh, God. All right. Thank you, boys. Yeah. Appreciate it as that, always. Yeah. That, that's that's the bit guys. of things weird, though. Like, it's like some sort of other thing going on with him. Oh, it's not is that, actual. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not like an actual injury injury. It's like non-football injury list oh, thing for him. Yeah. Maybe maybe, so, maybe, yeah. maybe Wolford got to him, too. He's like, you don't want to play for this guy. McVeigh, there are there are certain things I think are a little bigger and more important and out of respect for the particulars and the specifics. I want to be able to keep it in house, he says. So, wow, what that what word salad was that? Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. So, well, we hope for the best. Something something weird there. Yeah. Best for best for Stetson, whatever's going on there. Matt, last thing. Are you in millions or are you in circa millions? Yeah. Are you doing okay? What's your what are you? What's your status? I'm in the upper third. Upper third. Okay. You know, whatever. That's me. So upper third. It's good. It's good enough to not win anything. (laughs) You know, like I have to pay attention, but like good enough to not win anything. You know, our our boy Kelly Bidlin is in three hundred fifty eighth place. He's above sixty percent. So I told him, I said, you get to talk about it when you're above sixty percent. And our guy Fezic 
is in a tie for fifth. Y'all know this? Fezzik in a tie for fifth, this guy. I thought he was only in a tie for fifth if they would have won that game uh, with the Ravens. That no, week. I think Wasn't he would have. I think he would have been in first if that had happened. He's in a tie for fifth. Oh, really? Yeah, twenty-eight, wow. ten, and two. All right, rooting him on. All right, thank you, boys. Appreciate it. Matt Brown once again on Veasan. Uh, it's called uh, the All Angles Podcast, and the uh, handle is the name of the radio show, which is at what time on Saturday and Sunday, Matt? Seven p.m. 7 to 10 Eastern, 4 to 7 Pacific. 7 to 10 Eastern, 4 to 7 Pacific, which he does with Mike Samich. And uh, Todd Wishnev can be found on the Twitter machine at T. Wishnev. Are you doing your uh, college basketball stuff this year, Todd? Oh, yeah, baby. CBB. I hope that I hope the uh, the uh, algorithms haven't figured anything out because uh, last year was was an epic one. But are you are you are you inviting people to do it with you though? Are you doing that thing? Well, here's the thing. I have I think I can fit 256 people on the WhatsApp thing that I do where I give the picks as it's going and I might have like 175, but the problem is when people ask me to be on then I have to do a whole thing. I have to get them on, get their contact. It's like a it's like a whole process. So you can, you know, go on Twitter and ask me and when I get a chance and have like a couple hours to put more people on, I'll put more people on, but I don't know exactly when I'll get to it. And Will, you're doing your college basketball uh, thing in solitude? You're not you're not joining anybody else? What do you mean? Your your in-game college basketball stuff, you just do that in the comforts of your own home? Yes. Um it's a little trickier early in the season. I've only started I've only done it a couple years. It's a little trickier early in the season, so I don't know if it's just small sample size or it's just the fact that these are non-conference games. It's early in the year where they just they don't foul as much late, and that messes with the total. So okay. uh, it picks up once conference season once conference season starts. All right, I promote. Well, you got to be careful with that fouling late. It, they're not fouling as much late in college anymore. They used to foul like banshees, especially non-conference. And now, especially non-conference. Banshees used to so, foul all the time, Todd. Banshees. <laughs> oh my God, they were foulers. No, that's why I like to do a lot of first half. Will I like to do a lot of first half? Uh, stuff yeah. okay. where you're getting a more, more true thing. All right. Um, I always promote the Megapod on a numbers game, but I never promote a numbers game on a Megapod. So a numbers game on VEASAN, uh, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, 7 to 9 Pacific, 10 to noon Eastern, Monday through Friday with Kelly Bidlin. We've done all we can do. Good luck with all your bets. Week 9 and the National Football League. Thanks for listening. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.